Well, grab your Bibles. Go ahead and turn to Colossians chapter 1. We're going to dig into Colossians 1 here in a little bit. I'm going to get, uh, get some things set for us here as we dig into God's Word. We've been talking about who we are, uh, what are we doing, how do we go about doing that. Last month, we were about the four pillars. Talking about the four pillars, uh, we proclaim the authority of God's word without apology. We lift high the name of Jesus in worship. We believe firmly in the power of prayer. And we share the good news of Jesus with boldness. Hey, let me tell you about Jesus. That what the, that's what the four pillars are about and what hold up this church uh, from God's word. Well, we've jumped into the five G's of harvest and uh, shifted over into that, and we are seeking, what, talking about what we are seeking to do, what we are seeking to accomplish as a church, and I put it this way, we want to raise hundreds, and I do mean this seriously, thousands of 5G disciples for Christ over the years and the decades ahead. We want to raise hundreds and thousands of 5G living it disciples. Well, what is that? Well, we talked last week, the first of the G is what? glorifying it's glorifying we want to raise men and women boys and girls who are increasingly living for the glory of god not for themselves increasingly for the glory of the lord last saturday we talked out of colossians 1 18 you can see it there that he would be preeminent he would have first place he would be the center of the target we would decrease he would increase we went to Job, talked about from Job how there uh, was a man who was about glorifying the Lord. And, and Job sought to be a man and a husband and a, a dad and a businessman and, and, and a man who handled all of life in a way that bring glory to the Lord, even when all hell broke loose on his life. That's what Job was about glorifying. We want to be that. I trust that this past week for you, has been a more glorifying unto the Lord week than the week before. Because friends, we're just not here to talk about it. We're here to do it. And I pray that's the case and would be increasingly so as we move along. The second G that we're going to be talking about today, look on the screen, is what? Growing. We want to be growing in Christ. We want more followers of Jesus Christ, don't we? But we also want better followers of Christ more mature followers of Christ. We're not just the kind, we're not the kind of church that's just focused on how many are coming to Christ. We want to raise disciples because out of disciples that are glorifying unto the Lord, growing in the Lord, others are going to be coming to the Christ. Healthy things grow. Healthy things grow. We see that everywhere in life and is certainly the case in the Christian life. We want to grow healthy people. We want to grow people that are loving God more. Not the same, more. We want to raise people who are loving others more. Not the same as you did last year, but more love for others this year. Uh, it's that intense to us. We, we, we are not a got the golden ticket, and now let's just coast into the finish line. That's not the kind of people that we are. Uh, we are also not the, uh, as long as you can crawl across the finish line, church. Oh, God, may that never be us. May that never be us. By the way, speaking of the finish line, let's look at this image. I think will help us get what we're talking about today. Friends, 
as people in the Lord, we want to cross the finish line accelerating. Not just making it past, not just getting there, but accelerating. Not coasting, not slowing down, not letting sin encroach, but speeding it up, more effective for the Lord, growing and accelerating in Christ. And I seek to say this lovingly. If you don't want to grow in Christ, or if you're not growing in Christ, you're not going to be comfortable here. And in fact, I'll just say it. I don't want you to be comfortable here. And if you're not growing in the Lord and you come on Sundays and you're like, what's his issue? It's because I want us to grow in the Lord. I need to grow in the Lord. I haven't attained it. Believe me, ask my wife. I'm not there. And I'm growing in the Lord. I need to grow in the Lord. I want to grow in the Lord. I'm tired of status quo. And I want to grow in the Lord. And that means, guess what? You're coming with me. All right, we're doing this together. We are growing together. That is the reality of it. Well, time to dig into Colossians 1. Should we go there? Not yet. Because uh, I need your help for a second. I need your help for a second here. Well, longer than a second. Um, For the last 10 years of my life, I've talked about, at least in my head, I've wanted to lose 10 to 15 pounds. And uh, guess how many I've lost? (laughs) Hold the symbol up. Zero. Zero. I'm not kidding. For the last 10 years, I've talked about wanting to lose 10 to 15 pounds. Why? One, because I know it'd just be good for me. Two, I have type 4 hyperlipidemia. It sounds like I'm going to die right now, doesn't it? It could be. Who knows? Uh, My physician is here right now. So uh, I'm in good company. He'll let me die. Uh, no, you won't. <laughs> That'll teach you, Doug. <laughs> hey, I'm just going to tell you, here's, I've been thinking about this this week, and I don't like saying this in front of you, but let me ask you, why haven't I lost any weight? Come on, it's transparent. What? Yeah. Have, you guys are right. You're all right. I, I'm going to say this. I don't have a knowledge problem. Really, I know that I should. And, and, and actually, I don't have a mechanics problem because I know what it needs to take to do that. I really do. What's my problem? Here's how I've summed it up. I have a passion problem. I have a passion problem. The fact of the matter is, I term it this way, I love food and the comfort of food more than I love the reality of losing the weight. That's straight up. And you know what I'm talking about, don't you? And this carries over into the Christian life. Because over the years as I've worked with people and I know myself in it all, not everybody, but oftentimes it's the, uh, some people do have the, they need to know more about what it looks like to grow and change. Uh, And some people sometimes do need to understand some of the mechanics. And actually, we're going to be kind of uh, delving into some of that in the coming weeks in light of what we're talking about with the three remaining Gs. But I'm going to tell you what, if you don't have a passion to want to be able to grow in Christ, if you don't have a passion for Christ, because a passion for Christ is the engine for changing and growing in Christ. And so today, I, I kind of want to hit after this passion thing. 
I, I don't want to do this in this kind of way either. This is not going to be a, listen, you guys aren't growing. Get down on the ground. Give me five. Suck it up. It's not going to be that. Um, instead, I want us just to go to the scriptures and savor together and get a picture and finish off just for a few with a person and see the picture of what it looks like to be growing and changing. Okay, let's do that. God, uh, open your word. Colossians chapter 1. Look at verse 27 uh, through 29. Uh, It says, uh, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. By the way, do you see how it's like glorious? The hope, the glory, the riches, the mystery. Christ is an amazing reality. Verse 28, Paul says, Him we proclaim. Warning everyone, teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Mature in Christ. Paul says, for this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. What's Paul's goal? What's Paul's goal? Well, Paul's goal is simply, his goal is to present everyone mature in Christ. Not immature, Uh, Not barely crossing the finish line. Uh, Not this idea of just a little bit different, but piles different. Lots of change, lots of maturity. Men and women, boys and girls that are mature in Christ, that are strong in Christ, that, that, that are radically changing, that have maturity. How did Paul do that? Well, we see in verse 28 that he starts up by proclaiming Christ. You heard Paul talk in his testimony. It's about Christ. That's the thing. We're going to see in the person as well in Philippians chapter 3. He was just like Paul. He just wanted to do the list stuff and try and make the mark. You can't. It's all about Christ. Paul was all about proclaiming him. And that included the reality of warning and teaching. Hey, listen, how how long is it going to be until we all just get so realized that... um, Following ourselves bites. It's hard. And God's designed it that way. Don't go there. Go there. Life's harder. Come after me. Come after me. Notice also, I love the honesty. It's toilsome work. It's struggling work. It's not a cakewalk. And it happens through the powerful work of Christ. Now, you may be saying, but Doug, this text is referring to a leader who's discipling others. Agreed, it is. But understand it and look at it. It correlates to growing in Christ here. We're all accelerating toward maturity. That's what we should be doing, are you? That requires increased knowing of Christ. That requires increased understanding of the warning, if we don't, and the teaching of how to. It takes effort, it takes toil, it takes struggle. Do understand, growing in Christ, there's no pill. Oh, I wish there was. I want that one. But it's through the powerful work of Christ. By the way, look at Colossians 2, 6, and 7. 2, 6, and 7. Uh, uh, Verse 6, therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, so what? So walk in him, walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught. Uh, that's what it's supposed to be looking like, growing. Now, understand this, it starts with receiving Christ. 
If you've never come to a place where you've driven the stake in the ground and received Christ as your savior, that's the starting point. That's the starting point. That's the point where you come in and you go, listen, I'm a sinner separated from God. That's what the scriptures say. I need Jesus as my savior. I need to receive him. I need to step and drive the stake in the ground for Christ. If you haven't done that, that's where you need to start. That's where you need to start. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, let's talk later. Get with someone you came with and talk about this with what's going on with that. Growing in Christ begins with receiving in Christ, but receiving Christ is not the end of it. It's the beginning of it. Receive Christ and then walk in him, rooted in him, built up in him, established in him. By the way, I want to key in on that uh, term, so walk in him. A little Greek here. The, the verb there is a present active continuous. It carries this idea of walk is not a walk that you did a long time ago. It's a present continuous action. It's not an act that happened at some time in the past. It's to be in the past, but it's also to be now and in the future and today and tomorrow and the next day, presently, actively, continuously. That's what Paul is saying in the structure of that word there. Also, it's an imperative. That means it's a command. He's not saying pretty please. He's saying, listen to me. You must be walking. There's a firmness to it, a strength to it. Uh, By the way, it also says in him, that's actually in the grammatical structure of that statement is the emphatic portion of it. It should really be at the beginning, if you will, in English. So it would read like this. In him, you must be presently, actively, continuously walking in Christ, growing in him, rooted in him, established in him, That's the picture. I bring that to the table because I fear at times as followers of Christ, we think that we receive Christ and we're good and let's just, we got the golden ticket, let's hang on until the end. That's not the picture. In fact, let's talk more about the picture. Turn to Mark chapter four. Mark chapter four, the picture. Parable of the soils. Mark four, one of my very favorite passages of all of scripture Here we go. Mark chapter 4. I'm just going to start reading it. Verse 1. Are you there? Let's get the picture of what the passage is talking about referring to growing in Christ. Here we go. Verse 1. Again, he, Jesus, began to teach beside the sea. A very large crowd gathered around him, about him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. Got the picture? There he is. It's like kind of like this natural amphitheater and the water. And there's so many people that he actually has to get in a boat and pull out so they can hear him better. I mean, the house is packed. And there he is about to speak. And he says, the text says, and he's teaching in parables. And it essentially hears one of them. Mark tells us he taught this one. He said to them, listen, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil, and when the sun rose, it was scorched. Since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. The other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up, increasing, 
and yielding. By the way, do you see the words? Produced, growing up, increasing, yielding, 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. And he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Uh, Verse 10, and when he was alone, got the picture, everyone's dispersed. Those around him with the 12 ask him about the parables. I love that. Gives me such hope. Uh, there, there they are in the amphitheater. They're listening and they hear these parables. And, and then they're like, hey, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to be the gutsy one out of the bunch. Hey, Jesus, that whole sewing thing. What? <laughs> what? So how does Jesus respond? Let's jump down to verse 13. He said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? Two questions to start out with. By the way, I think this is not only a little bit of a rebuke, but it's a call. I think it's also an encouragement. Hey, the parables that Jesus teaches, they should be able to be understood. Guys, when I'm talking, Jesus is saying, listen, when I'm talking, key it in, step it up, think it through, take it deep. And then I love the fact that he stops there and actually explains it. Gives me hope as well. Verse 14. Here's the explanation. The sower sows the word. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Uh, Sowed the word. So the seed is the word. The seed is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news of Jesus Christ. We could say the word is Jesus Christ. Verse 15. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. And when they hear... Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And then these are the ones sown on rocky ground. Uh, The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves. It's not saying in of themselves. It's saying they have not built any root system. uh, But endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises, very important statement here on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And then the others, the third group, are the ones sown among the thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things, sounds like America, enter in and choke the word. And it proves unfruitful. Important statement. But those, by the way... uh, Don't have enough time, but I'm just going to say this quick. There's a grammatical shift that's very important. If you look in verse 15, you see, and these, then 16, and these, verse 18, and others. Now in this verse with the last soil, but others. I'm going to tell you, all the other three are working up to the last one. I think you'll understand here when I talk in just a minute. The last one's the center of the whole discussion. But those that are sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. Well, let's talk about these quickly. Soil number one, it's the hard soil. They're like the person who hears the word and they're like, yep, I heard it. I heard it. Uh, but there's no passion. There's no love for Christ. Good for you, but I, not for me. Uh, by the way, as we go through each of these, you got to think the dirt. The story's all about the dirt for you and I because we are the dirt. Soil sounds nicer, doesn't it? But we're in Indiana. It's all about the dirt for you and I. 
And so the, the, the first one, it's the hard soil. It's just not interested, I'm out. Second one, soil number two, shallow soil. It's more like this. It's, yep, I heard it. Uh, I'm in on this. But then they experience, look, verse 17 again, tribulation, persecution on account of the word. That's the important part of the statement there. And what happens? They fall away. It's like, I'm in him, but, but, but wait, I'm not liking this. I'm out. It's the like, you know, I think this Jesus thing is kind of cool. As long as this Jesus thing makes my life sweeter, my life more comfortable, and my life more smooth. I'm going to put it out on the table here. I believe this text is actually teaching that Jesus is actually teaching that this person never knew Christ. They were embracing a false gospel. They were embracing what we would kind of call today the prosperity gospel. Come to Jesus, you'll get more of what you want. That's not the gospel, friends. That's not the gospel. Jesus is not about what he's going to bring more of me. That's why the scriptures are so clear. Give yourself up. Follow me. Take up your cross. Deny yourself. It's all about Jesus. G number one, glorifying him. Uh, quickly, the whole idea here, and actually soil number two and three, it, it, it never contains this idea of a temporary desertion. This is a permanent desertion. Uh, it's not talking about sometimes carnal Christianity. Oh, I can't stand that term. I do understand there are times where followers of Christ fall into prodigal son-like times. That's different. I think this is talking about the time where someone makes some kind of declaration, but they don't understand the gospel at all. It's just all talk. It's just all about me. This is not losing your salvation because there never was redemption. Soil number three, the crowded soil. It's the, yep, I heard it. I'm in on this. That sounds great. Kind of like number two, but verse 18, the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for stuff uh, choke out the word and prove it unfruitful. It's actually, uh, I, I kind of want to be about Jesus, but actually I, it's all about my stuff. Life preeminent issue in my life is my career. My fun, my education, my food, my housing, my friends, my whatever. And it talks about here, it's more like I'm passionate about my stuff. I'm passionate about money. I want a bigger paycheck. That's what it comes about, my cares and my stuff. I think they've embraced a completely false gospel. Three soils. All three have a passion. All three have a passion. And what their life shows in the long haul actually shows the reality of their passion. But it's not Christ. It's not Christ. There's been no lasting fruit. No real fruit of salvation. And I just have to ask, if this happens to be you, I just want to say, listen, come to understand the real gospel of Jesus Christ. Because I'm going to tell you, it's way better than all that junk. It's way better. 
I'm just quickly going to add here. I've been asked, and properly so at times, by a few people, and I'm sure there's others who have wondered at times, Doug, why don't you do more altar calls? I'm just going to tell you this. Soil number two and three are one of five reasons why I'm very careful about that. I am so concerned about the person who makes a declaration and doesn't really know what's going on. And they think a momentary, significant kind of expression is the golden ticket for what's what. And you may disagree with me on that. I just want to kind of let you know, soils two and three have rocked my world in this arena. And I'm very careful about that. I want you to know the real gospel, the real deal meat of the gospel. And it looks like this, soil number four. Let's get the picture. Let me just read the verse again quickly. Verse 20. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones that hear the word. By the way, you can see in the text, every one of these four soils hear the word. Uh, Jesus is also, uh, what, what an incredible application to end of talking. This is like the end, if you will, the end of the sermon. What are you going to walk away with from here kind of a thing for Christ? And, but those who are sown are the good soil, the ones who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. Let's talk about this. Think dirt. Okay? Right here's dirt. I'm a dirt bag. Okay? And think about this. The seed is placed. The word of God, Jesus Christ, the gospel, the good news of, of the fact of the matter that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. As many as receive him, to them he has made children of God. To them is the gift that he's offered to them. Receive him. And so the soil, the seed, the soil has to be aerated enough to receive the seed. And when the seed comes in the soil, the soil receives it. It accepts it. It comes into the soil. Now what? The soil puts itself into the seed. This is picture is so cool. Are, are you getting it? Are you cooled with me? I love this. This so explains the walk with Christ. The seed comes in. I receive it. Lord God, I am a sinner. I receive you as my savior. I want to live for you, walk for you. Now what happens? The soil, all its moisture, all its nutrients, all the soil does is put into the seed. It puts in and puts in and it puts in and puts in. And what happens? Out of the seed, out of the gospel, shoots begin shooting. I guess that's why they call them shoots. And, and they start, roots begin coming into the ground and going. And then you get this little spud that comes up or whatever that's called. <laughs> coming out of the ground thing. And there it is and it's like there's life. But understand, when you're above ground looking down, you don't go, look at that dirt. That's awesome. Now, there have been times you go, that's black, just solid, just meaty dirt. But I'm talking in the reality of growing. What are people looking at? The plant. The plant grows out of the seed. And when I put all I am preeminent into Jesus Christ, Christ begins to magnify, grow, accelerate out, and he begins to pr producing leaves. Out of the ground, the Lord has done a God work. And so the ground doesn't sit there and go, look at me, dudes. I'm awesome. No, no, no. It's all about the plant. If you want it to be a tree, look at that tree. That's right. Look at Jesus Christ in me doing a work. By the way, what's really important at the end, bear fruit, 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. All the people who are in the context of that day, the average 
gathering, bearing of fruit in the day was tenfold. That was the expected average. Why 30? Because it isn't just out of you. It isn't just a human thing. It's got to be a God-empowered thing. It's bigger than anything that you and I could do. It's a God deal. And the 30, 60, 100 fold, by the way, it doesn't matter if you're 30. It doesn't matter if you're 60. It doesn't matter if you're 100. That's not the point. 100 is not better than the 30. He, Christ understands in the reality of things in his own sovereignty. He's gifted some people to be 30 fold people. Produce it. He's gifted some to be 60 fold people. Kick it out. He's produced people to be 100 fold people. Kick it out. This isn't a comparative game. God at work. Listen, the picture of the soul, do you have it? What am I supposed to be about? I'm supposed to be putting everything I am into the seed. My passion is to be the seed, about the seed. Well, let's finish with this. Turn to Philippians chapter three. I just want to give you one guy who shows this in his own life. because I don't want to leave it as though we're just dirt. We are humans. And when Jesus was using the illustration, it can really happen. Philippians chapter 3, let me read verse, starting in verse 2. Paul is saying to the church in Philippi, look out for the dogs, look out for the evildoers, look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the real circumcision who worship by the spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, Paul says. If anyone thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, Paul says, I have more circumcised on the eighth day. Here's the list. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, oh my, massive persecutor of the church. As to righteousness under the law, blameless. Listen, Paul saw himself, he thought growing for the Lord was busy religious living. If I do religious stuff, I'm good with God. Paul also thought we see in there that if I do law living, the list living, that I'm in a good relationship with the Lord. There's no relationship in that. Uh, Paul also is telling here, it's all about comparison living. At least I'm better than them. Listen, friends, this is religion wrapped up in a couple verses. There is no relationship with the Lord here. This is list living, law living, busy living, comparison living, except for then he gets into verse seven. I'm gonna go from the NIV. He says, but whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his suffering. And so, sometime, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. He's not saying earning it. He's saying, can you believe it? Paul met Christ. 
And this is a statement of a man who is passionate about Christ, who is so enthralled with who Christ is and what he has done. I want to know Christ. Wow. Oh, that we might have that passion, which would be the engine of growing for Christ. By the way, then here comes the hope. Verse 12, Paul says, not that I've already obtained all this. (laughs) Whew. I love the honesty. Not that I've already attained all this or I'm already made perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus had made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal to the finish line for the prize of the upward call of Christ Jesus, accelerating to the finish line. Verse 15, let those of us who are mature we're coming all the way back around to Colossians 1 and 2. Let all of us who are mature think this way. Think what way? I want to know Christ. And I haven't attained it yet. But I'm pressing on, baby. I'm pressing on. I've got to grow and change. I'm telling you, otherwise trying to grow and change, aren't you going to be frustrated? Paul talked about that in his testimony. Otherwise, it's just list living, law living. It's just structured living. It's just reliving, religious living. Listen, this is relationship with the Lord. And when you have relationship in the Lord, you want to grow and change. Because why would I want anything different? Hey, let's be encouraged with uh, one more video. Healthy things grow. I wanted to play this video to encourage you. Oftentimes we feel alone. Am I the only one who's not growing? Am I the only one who's in a hurting place? And I just want to encourage you to know people all around the world are in need of Christ. And, and if you're at a place where you're really not sure where you're at with the Lord, listen, I, I would encourage you today. Today. Today could be the day where you drive the stake in the ground and come to the Lord. Lord, I come to you as a sinner, unworthy of anything of who you are, what you are. Lord, by grace, because of the cross, I receive you as my Savior. Lord, I want to be about you. I want to be that dirt that's putting into you and not into me. Maybe that's you today. But I want to talk to followers of Christ. Let you know if you're not growing, you're not in a healthy place. And I want to spur you on and encourage you on and challenge you on as these next three weeks, we're going to be covering three G's that really get down to some real life applications and we'll see this. Let's be a growing people. Let's cross the finish line accelerating. Forgetting what's behind. Press into what's ahead. Lord God, we, we come and hear before you right now, we admit the reality, we are just dirt. <laughs> we are. We say that in light of comparison of who you are. But yeah, Lord, you've created us. You've created us to be men and women, boys and girls that bring you glory. And Lord, one of the ways that glory is given to you for sure is if we're growing and changing for you.
Well, Lord God, I pray that we would be like Colossians 2, 6 and 7. Just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to walk in him. Constantly, presently, actively, continuously. Rooted and built up and strengthened. Oh God, may we be that kind of a church, that kind of a place. Lord, I pray for the person right now who's at a place where it's like, I'm seeing no growth in my life. Lord, I, I would just ask them that they may go and at the bottom of the notes are some books. They could go and read those books. Or Lord, they jump into Psalm 139 this week and just see how great you are and what you've done. And like David at the end of that Psalm, oh Lord, show me what I need to change. I want to get after it. Lord, may they understand it's only by the power of you. Oh God, I pray that today there would be people returning returning to the track off the bench on the track and again running at pace accelerating to the finish line oh lord as we pray sing this final song open up the heavens lord open up the heavens in the precious name of christ we pray amen